Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Uh, very, very welcome to another episode of Redfellas on a Sunday night. Sorry we are seven minutes late. Uh, sorry we started the show at 20.07 past the hour. Um, apologies, I don't know who to blame. Maybe it's Cav, maybe it's Conroy, maybe it's Steve, maybe it's Heaven. Maybe it's Eric Seven Hog. Who knows? Who knows? Only time will tell, but we don't really care today. We're not blaming anyone. We're here to talk, speak on the carnage that ensued at Anfield. Pardon the pun. Absolute carnage at Anfield, where Manchester United, Manchester United's greatest team of the decade, entered Anfield the fields of Anfield Road and got humbled seven goals to zero. Yes, people, seven goals to zero in a football match, proper rules, not PlayStation, not anything else, proper football rules and got packing. Uh, you guys are all very welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, please smash that like button upon entry. I'm going to try to speak very lowly because my throat is sore and hurting i've been shouting down whatsapps voice notes and i've done a quick post-match reaction with the brilliant bilal who decided to host it as a neutral and Noor joined me as well we had a laugh and a giggle but i think um, i think we need to speak about the game 
beyond all the trash and the memes and the gifts, which are amazing, and they're going to continue all week, we thought we must. Redfellas is going to give you a bit of insight into exactly what ensued today. Uh, joining me, I've got the magnificent, magnificent set of Redfellas that you can guys see on your screen. Lads, uh, how are we? Yeah, good day, good day. <laughs> had had worse, as they say. Mm. Yeah, just no, I, I know. I said in the chat earlier, Grizz, to Cav, obviously the, the, the chat. I said, um, I've got no words, and then Cav said, "Well, you better, you better get ready because we've got a podcast in an hour." So I have wrote some down, but genuinely, disbelief, disbelief is the best way to describe my feeling right now. Unbelievable, Steve. Absolutely shocked to be honest with you, mate. I watched an awful lot of football over the years, and you know, five nil at Old Trafford, I thought was probably going to be sort of the coup de grace. Regards games against Manchester United, I bet never would have imagined we put seven past them at Anfield, and blown away, blown blown away. We'll get into it, but we've seen a prelude as to what the future might look like in terms of our attacking prowess, and um, it's very exciting, I have to say. Um, yeah, Rookie says this is the wrong show to be turning up late, lads. You should have been seven minutes early as a mark of respect. Uh, Kev, yeah, respect. Respect is given when it's earned. Respect is given when it's when it's given. Uh, there was a lot of disrespect from a lot of United content creators, fan channels, maybe some pundits. I didn't really hear many pundits, to be honest with you. There was a lot of disrespect in the week. Um, yeah, they they learned the hard way, didn't they, Kev? Oh, Kev's mic's not fixed. Yet. We should have done a check. What what could it what, what could it be, lads? Well, go on. You you give you a couple of minutes. Fiddle around with it, Evan. Just over to you with that same question. What could it be? What could it be? Admittedly, admittedly, Liverpool have given us precious little evidence this season to suggest that that result was coming. I'll I'll give them that. I'll give them that. But some of the takes, Grizz, I'm, I'm right there with you. Some of them are premature, shall, shall we say. Some, some of the analysis just hasn't been honest, has it? You know, I was, I was hearing shouts about, you know, they've got the best center back in the league now. And they've, you know, this, that, and the other is going to happen to Trent. And lo and behold, none of that actually happened. Mm. And they're eating some humble pie. And football is a humbler, is it not? It is indeed. Um, but you're right. Um, a lot of premature claims, sort of in terms of, a lot of people were quoting, it's an end of an era. And look, we're not going to focus on the Man United. This is Redfellas now. So this is all about Liverpool, predominantly. And obviously, we're going to pay respect to Man United because they were the opposition. But that's all we're going to do. So... Con, when they when we talk about end of eras, and obviously there's a lot of conversation between the Liverpool fan base as well, whether it is an end of era. So it was a relevant question. It, it, there is a question, there is a question to be answered and discussed. Today gave us a glimpse that maybe there is life, and yes, it, it could be the end of that particular squad. Of course, we'll get into the Bobby news as well, but we're far from. Done, done. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think today, 
Now, by no means am I saying any of us saw this coming, by the way. Firstly, I'm not saying that. Yeah. But the one thing we have mentioned, even in, I wouldn't say every game, but there's been consistency this season that you've seen spells from maybe individuals in our attack. Maybe not gelling together at times, but you've seen Nunes play well at times. Gakpo had involvement in the Everton and the, uh, I forgot the other game. But you could you could see signs of that, that, you know, the, the new signings were... were they're in the process of gelling in. Um, so we had mentioned that, but today, I've got to be honest, that was just like, it's reinforced this. No, this is why we signed these players. Um, and to, you know, to top it off, I know we're going to get into it. I would say Nunes maybe got a three out of 10 for his first half performance. That's maybe a bit harsh, but I don't think he was very good in the first half. I thought he was played very safe. So to to finish the game like that and you start like that, it just, it just shows you, it, it just has basically said, no, we're we're here now. This is our era, and it is the end of an era. But it's a bit it's poetic that the way it's worked. That um, those comments have came back to haunt Ten Hag, um, as they always were, probably going to haunt him. But today, especially, it's like Roberto Firmino announces he's leaving at the end of the season. But then the people Gakpo, you know, who said Man United dodged him, we've dodged a bullet. Well, without finishing today. I've got to be honest, that, that lob, that, that is generally one of the best finishes I've seen this season. That's just, to me, is pure quality and finishing. So I don't think we've dodged a bullet. I feel like he just took a while to get settled in. And today, what a way to mark. No, we're here now. We're, we're those guys for the next cycle. So I thought it was outstanding. You're right. That was a lot of, po- lot of poetry in motion, so to speak, yeah. today. You're right. There was a lot of poetry in motion. Uh, Sean uh, sends in a super chat. Appreciate the support. He says, no matter what happens, we will always have Eric Seven Hag. Indeed, we will. Eric Seven Hag. Uh, <clears throat> of course, when you're on the end of a result or when you're speaking about a result today, you get carried away and forget about some uh, things that we must speak about. And one of them is our sponsors. And I forgot to speak about sponsors. How dare I? Um, make sure you go check out your FUT card for all your amazing prints like this Darwin Nunes one. I'm sure you want to get that one. Or you want to get one. I've got behind me. I've got a Mohamed Salah one. I'm pointing to it now. Hopefully you can see it. Or later on, I'll show you it. Um, check out these guys. Yourfutcard.com. The best in the business as far as I and many, many other satisfied customers are brilliant illustrations prints banners flags anything you want printed anything you want recreated i'm sure there is plenty of incidents and 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 goal situations that you want recreated from today go check them out type in redfellas 15 and you even get a 15 percent discount off all your goods that you purchase there is surely some uh, surely some memorabilia that you can pick up today i mean Mohamed Salah ripped off of his shirt again, revealed a seven-pack, as he would today. Of course, he was going to reveal a seven-pack. Uh, but go check them out. You support them equals supporting us. Um, guys, I, I guess, as always, um, we start off with um, with the lineups, with the team news. And is it fair to say, Steve, a, f- a surprise in the lineup? With uh, with Stefan Bajetic, our our hero of the last month or so, being rested, rotated. I'm not going to say dropped, rotated, rested. For of course, we assumed Henderson's going to come back back in, but Elliot comes back in, and the main other decision was who's going to go through the middle. It turns out Gakpo gets the nod over Jotter and Bobby. 
Um, let's give our honest opinions of our moods beforehand before we eat humble pie ourselves, I think. Yeah, um, I think percentage was unlucky to miss out. I think everyone, everyone would have gone, wow, didn't see that coming. But how many times have we sat before and after a game and tried to second-guess Klopp's lineups, And he just does it for the hell of it, I'm sure of it. Um, what this does actually, Chris, is put to bed the idea that Harvey Elliott can't play as a right-sided centre midfielder, absolutely, 100%. And the last two games we've seen him working ridiculously hard going back towards his goal. He's probably, or must have recognised in missing out games in recent weeks, that he needs to add something to his game to, to kind of make sure he's, he's, you don't need to drop him because you know he can cover it. That midfield we went up against today on paper and in all of the eyes of all of the rivals, all of the pundits, was going to be too strong for Liverpool. And he was one of the standout performers on the day. I thought, oh, yeah, he had an exceptional game today. So, yeah, it was a, it was a surprise. I, I don't think he's just done anything wrong at all. Um, he can count himself unlucky to miss out, and Klopp did say that prior to the game. What it just might do is just give him a little bit of back-down-to-earth reality check that says, yeah, you're good. But there's other good players in the squad as well. You don't know one has a God-given right to play. Carry on doing all the good things you're doing. Don't get ahead of yourself. Don't start believing in all the hype that Real Madrid and Barcelona are casting eyes over at you and seeing can they do something in the future. You've got a long way to go in nailing yourself down as a, as a, as a starter in this team week in, week out. You're doing really well, but here's a little bit of a reality check for you. And in the same time, it boosts Harvey Elliott's confidence as well because he's been missing out in recent weeks. So, quite clever. And as it turned out, as we know, a um, bit of a masterstroke, really, because I thought Harvey Elliott was outstanding today. Yeah, Ev, he, he spoke about, Jürgen Klopp, when asked about the, the selection, he spoke about how Elliott came out on top in a lot of the counter-pressing stats from the previous game. And we know our stats overall have been down Um and I just love the way this guy is maturing on and off the pitch. He's had a lot of stick. You know, not stick. Okay, he's had a lot of questions asked about his Liverpool future. A lot from mm -hmm. us, you know. Let's, let's, let's admit it. Um, but if he keeps performing and answering back in the high-profile games, he keeps getting selected. I believe this is the midfield now that's played five times this season and won all five games. Um, so maybe there is something or there was some method behind the madness of Klopp that we thought was madness, dropping the most energetic midfielder to our eyes, we thought, which was the young Stefan Bejtic, the energy, the legs, the presser. He revitalised our midfield over the last month. Maybe, maybe there was some method to his madness. Yeah, and I've always been a Harvey Elliott in midfield believer. And an advocate. Um, I think our specific problems this season, which have obviously been extensive, he was not the solution uh, to those things. Um, nor was, nor should we expect him to be the the solution um, mm -hmm. to those specific problems. But my my overall opinion on Harvey Elliott is, if we are a functional team that can manage all phases of play to the level that we've come to expect you absolutely can carry a guy who is probably a more natural number 10 in, in a central midfield role. And you, we, we've seen teams who, who are experts at taking the game to the opposition, experts at playing front foot football, they will play playmakers in roles previously reserved to people more like Jeannie Wijnaldum 
for example. So if, if you're on top and, and you can manage those phases and you're not so keen to shoot yourself in the foot in, in the first 20 minutes of every match, I think Liverpool, given how good we are, we absolutely can carry, quote unquote, Harvey Elliott's uh, deficiencies in midfield. And those would be like, you know, strength and perhaps ball winning. But as we saw today, the ball winning is, is not necessarily inherently linked to, uh, to size and strength um or defensive nuance or whatever you want to call it so harvey elliott you know I, i've i've always believed in you 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 the numbers have always been there to show that he can play in midfield it was just a matter of us getting good enough for him if that makes sense um yeah a, a crowning performance from one of the the best teenagers in world football uh anonymous user says grizz i just want to say congratulations on the win thank you very much and I want to thank you for your support. He says, it just shows we need investment in new position. I still believe in Ten Hag. It hurts, but we bounce back. Ah, oh, Man United fan. Makes sense. I was thinking, whoa, oh, this is not the, the day or the evening or the morning to speak about investment in new position, blah, blah, blah. But you believe in Ten Hag? Um, look, I would, as I said, I don't want to speak too much or, yeah. Sorry, mate. But thank you very much for tuning in and congratulating us. I don't want to speak too much on them. Uh, Conroy, the other main talking point in terms of selection was Gakpo. Um, if we rewind three seasons, two, three seasons, automatically that would have been Bobby Firmino, one of the first, one of the first names on the team sheet. It would have been Mane Salah, Bobby. We no longer have Mane and we will no longer have Bobby from next season. I guess it's a segue into sort of a segue into the the, the news of the departing Bobby Firmino. Um, and we'll get into Gakpo, but I just remembered we haven't spoke about Bobby announcing via, via pretty much his agent and Jurgen Klopp apparently has come out and confirmed it to leave at the end of the season. Right decision, right time, still hurts. Yeah, I'd probably say... It is the right decision, I think, for him as well. It's like uh, he wants to end on a good note, um, and I don't know where he's going to go. I know there's rumours of, of different places, but he probably feels he can still play first-team football as well. Um, probably get that. I forgot forgot the age of Bobby, but he's nearly 30 or maybe 30. 31. 31. So he's looking for that, probably that final move or one of the final moves, but maybe get a, a two-, three-year deal somewhere, um, look after his family for the rest of his life. And obviously, he's, um, he's not starting every game as he was previously. So I think taking all into consideration, I think it's a good move by, by Klopp and the club, to be honest, because one of the biggest criticisms we say sometimes is we hold on to players for too long. And I wouldn't say that's necessarily at Bobby, but I feel like we've shown we've got firepower there and he's maybe not required as he has been in previous seasons. And I think for all parties, it's, it's the right move. And sometimes, sometimes you end up hanging on somewhere a bit too long and it, it doesn't feel as... You get the what's the way the you get to finish the way you know you deserve, and I think by him doing it this season, um, I think you'll get that. I think you'll get a great reception on the last day of whenever it is. I don't know who we're playing against. And I feel like um, I think it just makes sense for all parties to be honest. So I know you are sad in the chat. I'm sad as well, but I feel like I think it's because it's the probably the last. He's the first player of the club era that a lot of people associate with it. You know, he signed under Brendan Rodgers. And people just, they relate a lot to Bobby Firmino for the success we've had. I 
I think you know sometimes you've got to make these decisions, and I think it's it's a good one to be honest. I think I, th- I think Conroy's uh, Conroy's the cold blooded one out of us. Um, I think we're going to do a special show on Bobby. That's how much I love him and adore him. Like we done a Sadio Mane special, I believe. I remember. We'll do a Bobby Firmino special, but very quickly, Steve and Evan. Um, Right decision, right time. Same question, just a very quick overview before. And we'll, we'll, we'll do a Bobby special. I, I, I take Conroy's points on board that game time and all of that good stuff probably makes it the right time for him because he, he can obviously see how well Gakpo slotted into the middle of the park thing and how well he looks after the ball. And I said before, we've had a prelude of what the future looks like when, when, when we're playing well in the front third, in the final third. Um, he clearly would still have something to offer the squad in terms of helping those guys to develop. Um, but he feels it's the right time for the move. And if you look at the six players we've got in the forward positions, where does he where does he fit in in the hierarchy of that? He's not number one. He's not number two. He's not number three. You know, he's he's probably any, anywhere between five and six, really. And that's, that's hard to say that for a guy of his ability and what he's offered the football club. But... Um, what a player, what an absolutely fantastic player, what a personality, and that will be missed as much as anything. His infectiousness around the club uh, and just the way he is. Um, yeah, uh, mate, I think if you sat down with Jurgen Klopp and said, give me your top three players you've ever worked with, he's in that conversation. So that shouldn't be lost. We, we are losing something, um, but he needs to go play football regularly at 31. Um we might be quicker in the final third for, for making the changes we're going to make. Mm. Um, our United resident fan, and I'm going to use this, we have this weird DNA in our club where we always get pammed. <laughs> One thing that disappoints me the most was the way ETH put Bruno on the left. Yeah, he possibly got a bit too clever for his own boots, liking putting Rashford off the off the left, tried to be clever, putting through the middle, Bruno on the right. I can't give a shit today. Yes, can, I, can I just add one thing? I know we're not going into this, but um, I just want to make this one point. It's like, you can play any formation, and I appreciate the tactical thing there, but there's ways of losing games. And I think that's today you saw that there's certain characters in that team that there's ways of losing. And three or four of them could have got sent off today. And I feel like that's probably annoyed my United fans more than anything else. And the fact that Bruno Fernandes is your captain says a lot. Your captain is important. I don't care. You, your best player is not always your captain. And I think today... You saw that. You saw that there's certain characters in that team. When the going gets tough, you saw exactly what happened today. Yeah, Sodom, Sodom, Sodom. Yeah, 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 Sodom, Sodom. I don't really want to speak about them. Uh, Redfellas are going to speak about the mighty Reds at Anfield. And the atmosphere was nice at the start, Evan. It looked like a big game, even though both teams, would you say we had more to play for? They weren't really going to win the league. Uh, they pretty much got third nailed on unless they 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 buckle up under the kind of pressure we gave them today. We needed to keep going the momentum, by the way. Now that is five clean sheets in a row. Now that is 12 points out of, fif- uh, 12 points out of 15. 13. 13 out of 15. 13 out of 15. How dare I take yeah. away a point? 13, 13 points out of 15, five clean sheets in a row. We are now three points behind the fourth team Fourth team with a game in hand. We have smashed our goal difference, if there was any doubt about that. Um, 
I guess it meant more to us, but they were coming smarting or, 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 or pretending they're smart after bullying us at Old Trafford. Let's call a spade a spade. They bullied us. Um, and my tweet before the game started was, I, there's no way they're going to bully us. Little did I know what was to ensue, but the game meant a lot to us and you could tell from the start. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a game, um, you know, a, a must, a, a game in the must win category uh, for us and uh, perhaps not in the same category for them. Doesn't excuse the, the lapses in concentration that led to their ultimate demise today. But yeah, definitely a game that means more of a, more to us and, you know, at home with the context of the some of the games we have coming up, I believe in the first week of April, I believe we have Arsenal and City. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that, that's going to be crazy. So, uh, to games against you know fellow top six teams, we need to take advantage, of, especially when we're at home and in good form. And boy, did we take advantage today! Um, from from the off, just absolutely. You know, I I, I don't like the phrase. You know, we wanted it more because you know it obviously it, it's it's a simplistic way of looking at the game. Game, but at the same time, when when it applies, it applies. You know what I mean. And I, I think I think that's what happened today. It was a similar kind of game to the Real Madrid, except the, as in the opening twenty minutes where we were camped in their half. We we had a few chances. Obviously, the efficiency levels of against Madrid was outstanding. Um, we didn't quite put our chance or, or final pass away, and very similar like the Madrid team. It seemed like it looked like we kind of tired or had a breather around the half an hour mark when Man United got back in the game, just like Madrid got back in the game. Difference mm-hmm. being, they didn't have a Vinicius or, or whatever, um, and therefore they didn't capitalize on our second wind or whatever. And we end up taking the lead, guys. Um, I guess, Steve, you get first dibs at that goal. Um, I thought even up to that first half, that, that opening 30, 40 minutes, whatever it was, I thought Robertson was superb anyway. And then he tops it off. He had all the right attitude, the desire, all the buzzwords and all that. But then he shows us something that, you know, he's got an eye for a pass as well. Gakpo starts off wide. Somehow, I don't know why, but uh, Fred is in that vicinity, plays a slide rule pass. And the rest... People started coming at me as you as they do. Oh, Gakpo, talk Nagris. I said, what have I been saying about Gakpo? He's a deadly finisher. He's a clean striker of the ball. But previous to that, Gakpo was pro- probably our quietest forward. But that just shows you what he can do. If he gets in the right positions, in the right places, he's a very technically gifted player and a clean striker. That was a wonderful finish, Steve. Oh, it was, yeah. And, and you're right to mention Fred, because Fred vacated the, the line that Robbo's pass went through. So by holding on for a second for, for someone in the centre to make a move to, to put him out of position and then the slide rule pass inside the full-back saying, go and then it's there. And, and Gakpo reads it. First touch comes inside the defender. And I don't know why uh, Man United, the little Argentin, Argentinian centre-back, runs right across uh, David De Gea's line. Yeah. And, Oh, smashes it in the far corner with 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 a plum. Really, really well struck strike. Um, loads of bend on the ball. I don't think he'd have saved it. He'd have seen it. It was a, it was a, it was it was Thierry on me like the way it went in the far bottom corner. Um, with every game, this the Gakpo 
con- continues to improve, looks after the ball really well, his movement's really good, really intelligent footballer, getting the goals. That was kind of the goal that, that if you were to sort of talk about his MO, what does he do? That's the one. That's the one that anyone in world football, anyone, all the Dutch experts will tell you, he comes inside the defender, he opens up his body and then it's good night, Vienna, he's just is such a wonderful striker of a ball. And, you know, um, but but you can't, you can't, as you said, Chris, you can't have a conversation about that without talking about Andy Robbo's slide rule pass. You know, this is the, this is one of the leading assist makers in world football. He's a full back and he's picking up the ball and playing through the lines from just inside the opposition's half. And it, and it's a fantastic pass and, and that deserves all the plaudits it gets. That goal is, is, is achievable because the pass is in such a position. I talk loads on this channel about giving the ball in the right areas at the right time so players can hurt people. That's a perfect example of how you do that. And and the finish is the finish is is, is dumb with a plum, isn't it? It's absolutely clinical and he wheels away celebrating his goal and and and, and you know, he looks a bit of a bargain in terms of what he's gonna to bring to the side of the money we paid for him as well. Absolutely. We've got some United fans that are showing their respect, so I'll big them up. Uh, Adams is a United fan. So I've not spoken for like two hours, still discombobulated. Yeah, pretty much your whole team was, my friend. Um, he follows it up. He says, I'm going to have nightmares about this result. Until the next time you come to Anfield, I guess. Uh, but appreciate the support still. You're a brave man uh, to watch a Liverpool channel after a result like that. Big up yourself. Guys, close to 500 of you and not even 200 likes. So something's gone wrong there. Uh, something that you can fix very easily. Something wrong went with Cav's microphone earlier. Hopefully it's fixed now. Uh, have we got Cav here? Can you hear me now? Oh, we got Cav here. Amazing. I was frantically Googling that. Become <laughs> an IT expert in 10 minutes. There you go. There you go. Did you YouTube it? How to? I always go to YouTube now. Yeah, I probably should have, to be fair. Yeah, you should have gone to YouTube. Yeah. I, think, I think Ten Hag should have gone to YouTube as well, for fuck's sake. Uh, he might have picked up a few uh, tips. Kev, um, thanks for joining us. Um, very quick overview. We've got everyone else's. Just a very quick overview. You was at the Wolves game. Yeah. Total different game. Total different atmosphere, maybe, as well. Speak us about the Wolves' atmosphere. It was a tense win, needed win. Today was just... Guys, we were speaking about stepping stones, weren't we? We were speaking about small baby steps. Let's get the confidence going. Let's build the foundation. And all week we've been talking about, in the preview, I was talking about that foundation that we seem to have found again. Mm-hmm. And then once we have that, and me and Steve said it, or I, Steve said it, and I got very excited when I'd done a donkey reaction or something of the kind, where we spoke about the potential in our attack. Now, notably, we were speaking about next season. But it's amazing what a bit of competition does. Bobby and Jota are suddenly on the subs bench. And suddenly our forwards are scoring threes and twos and assists. It's amazing how football works, isn't it, Kevin? Yeah, definitely. Like, the, the, I think we all, as fans, have seen like the quality these players possess. And we know that they're capable of handing out hidings. I didn't think it would be today against this United team, admittedly. But we sort of thought it might come someday in the near future. Um, the thing is with this team, it just needs confidence. And the trouble mm-hmm. is, we, we've been looking at sort of these stepping stones. We've had good performances and moments in games, um, even games we lost, i.e. the Real Madrid game. We had good moments. And 
that confidence was building, but there's always that anxiety there that if we concede a goal or we don't take our chances, that it might all fall down again. And I felt like the Everton game might have been the catalyst for it. And then, as it turns out today, whereby it's lose that anxiety, just go out and give it 100%. Like, if you miss a chance, just believe in yourselves that you'll get another one and just keep going and just, just give it your absolute all and you can build from there. And that's exactly what we did. Um, you've spoke about the, the goal already and we'll go on to the rest, but just the confidence in this team, it looks like a completely different side. And this is where, as fans, you probably it's been difficult this season to remain patient with the yeah. players and the coaches and the manager. But this is where, if you have remained patient and you have continued to believe in this team, you so should rightfully be able to enjoy these moments because this is what it brings when you kind of stick together. We know that we need to change in the future, and, you know, become a better version of ourselves. But the players that we have, a large part of them still have so much quality and can produce performances like today. So um, I think is how many times have we come on the show and spoke about therapy, Grizz? And we said one week, we're like, do you know what? We're going we're gonna to ride the wave and we're going to enjoy the highs. And today's a high and we should just enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? Like, we don't know what the next game's going to bring. So let's just enjoy this. We're in, we're in this game as football fans to see our team win trophies. But the next best thing, I believe, is beating your lo- your, your rivals. Fiercest handedly. So, yeah, brilliant day. Um, hopefully we can just build on this now. Yeah, says Grizz, I know you're the man of the community. But then he goes on to mention a few United uh, content creators. Um, Culture Scams, his name's Culture Cam, but I've named him Culture Scam after his take on Mohamed Salah. Uh, Saeed, of course, my very good friend, and Rance need this cooking. Yeah, uh, patience, my friend, patience, patience. Um, Conroy, 1-0 lead. I thought they've had the better... I thought they've had the better of the ending of the second half, but then we've got them with a sucker punch just when they thought they're getting comfortable again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was the lift we needed. We all knew to a man, woman, bridge, kettle, the first goal was going to be vital. The lift that it would have brought to the crowd, the players, even the coaches, it was going to be a relief. I'm going to say it again. I knew once we score the first goal, we're going to win the game. But how did you feel going into half time after assessing that first half? I thought um, I did think, as you say, guys. I think they did have spells, moments. I, I wouldn't say I'll be honest, guys. About thirty minutes in, I did feel at time there was a lack of quality in the first half, like a lot of kind of bounce head and head, you know, like kind of not hoofing it to each other, not not constantly. But I didn't feel both teams showed great quality. There was chances, but I didn't think none of us done ourselves, we didn't do ourselves justice what we done in the second half, but then ultimately, as, as Steve mentioned, the goal comes from a great bit of quality, just to add to that, and I know you, it's obviously Robbo, so I'm going to say this, but he's now got more Premier League assists than Eden Hazard and Juan, uh, Juan Mata, that's an amazing stat, isn't it? That's a it's, great stat It's 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 a, it's, un- it's unbelievable It's unbelievable, and to be fair, that was like I obviously give him a lot of praise, but that is not something he's known for. Like he can do it, he can play a good pass, but to me that is like that's a full continual slide rule pass for Liverpool. That's you know that's like I, I, you see De Bruyne doing that pass. You know it is is outstanding. But obviously we come out for the second half. I felt you know it was a great time to score, and Carragher said that as well. I think it absolutely was because how many games have we seen? Sometimes these can end in a nil-nil kind of go a bit flat second half, then United can therefore get on top of that because we feel like we should be instigating, you know, the push and then they catch us on the break. So I think it was a massive goal. 
we come out second half. Now, I have no idea um, if Manchester United knew what game they were in second half because they started off incredibly sloppy. I think is it Luke Shaw who gives uh, the sideway pass to Elliot. It may have been Fred. I can't actually remember, but it's a horrendous... It's not even close. It it's is Shaw. a pass. I'm Shaw, sure it's it a horrendous pass. I'm sure it was Shaw. Yeah, Sorry, and you know, Shaw's actually had, you'd argue, had a good season, but that was... His head completely went with that pass. Start of the second half, you don't want to give a team anything. We give the ball away. Elliot gets it. Um, the ball, I can't remember the exact play, but it comes to... Oh, he plays Salah through, he tries the first time cross, gets blocked, comes back out to Harvey. Great, kind of underrated cross, I think, with his right foot, his left foot, right foot cross, first time into Nunes. And you know what? It's a great header by Darwin. Um, very instinctive, it's an outstanding header. The cross makes the goal. The cross has the pace on it, has everything there. He just has to contact with it and it's a goal. And then I think that was the 46th minute, 47th minute. Guys, let's be honest. If you could write a script of when to score, you would say just before half, obviously the first minute, but if you could score just before half time and just after half time, that manager's team talk, Ten Hag's team talk has went from it's 0-0 to over oh, 1-0 down to two minutes in the second half or 2-0 down. The, the game plan goes out the window. So you're in dreamland at that point. So to be honest, Chris, I was ecstatic. Like a lot of things today, I was in disbelief. I couldn't believe how easy that goal was, to be perfectly honest. I think it's great play, but it was just the fact we've got in that easy so quickly was I was buzzing with that, to be honest. And yeah, the main the main theme of it, I think it's a really, really good cross by Harvey. And I think was it Evan you mentioned earlier or Steve? I think Harvey answered a lot of questions today. And that cross first time was outstanding. Um, yeah, I, I, I brought up um, a website that has got all the, what's the word, the timeline of events, because I told you guys beforehand, forgive me, and I need your help more than most weeks, because I have no recollection of who scored, when, what happened, because, yeah, I was jumping up and down like a, a young teenager, and now I'm feeling the after effects of it, my shoulder is paining me. I'm, I've just texted the missus for some Nurofen. Uh, I need some painkillers right now because my... Steve, is, I'm serious. I'm in pain here right now. I'm not as young as I used to be and I was giving it all the punch in the air and everything. But I think I deserve it. I deserve it. <laughs> um, we've got a couple of super chats that I want to get through before we get into the uh, the, the second half, which was a bit of a, a madness. Zuberi, shout out Zuberi, my call-in partner in crime. Klopp has two jobs, manage the club and punch for win. He should be sacked for not throwing the seventh punch today. Big letdown by my manager. <laughs> You're never alone. Hashtag Gakpo. Yeah, big up Zuberi. We will speak very soon, my friend. Um, yeah, I actually like that. We'll get onto that. We'll get onto that, possibly that. But did you understand him not punching the crowd because job's not finished? Our job wasn't to beat Man United. Our job is to get to Champions League and rescue a disastrous season from it being a disastrous season to uh, an okay season. Well, not even okay, but this is slightly disappointing season, but something to build on. Um, whoever remembers the third goal, please feel free because that's 2-0. One before halftime, one after halftime. And the third is on the icing on the cake, I guess, which kills off the game. Competition, 2-0. What do they say about 2-0? Even though I've never understood it, it's a dangerous scoreline. Dangerous give me 2-0 every single time. But Grace, after, after our last 2-0 big game at Anfield, you maybe be fair, you could be a I little know, bit... I know, but that didn't happen. That was a blur. Yeah. Real Madrid are not real in the Champions League. 
Um, third goal, I don't know, Steve, Evan, whoever's got a third goal, is the, the, the dink finish from, from Gakpo, isn't it? Off, yeah. what a goal, what a goal, probably the best goal of the night, guys. I don't know, yeah. talk to me. I... I, I would definitely say that Gakpo's two goals are my favorite goals of the night and I think sort of the highest quality just in terms of team play. And that was David De Gea just... angle, Evan. That was David De Gea. That chip finish from that angle wasn't against Pickford or some trash and, like that. And and let, let me say, Grizz, that's not the first time a Liverpool player has chipped David De Gea from a tight angle. Shades of Coutinho at Old Trafford Coutinho. in 2015-2016. In mm -hmm. Um, that goal was incredible, not only because Mohamed Salah made the butcher run away and slip and slide and, and do all sorts of dance moves in an attempt to defend him. Um, it was just an incredible angle to score from. Just an, an incredible bit of playmaking by Mohamed Salah. Mohamed Salah was picking out all sorts of wonderful passes tonight. All, every, every pass you would want your inside forward to have. He was picking out the passes, all these little layoffs, these incisive balls. Uh, and I think Mohamed Salah not only deserved his two goals, but he deserved that assist as well. And that's the Liverpool we know and love. You know, wide forwards cutting in from inside, finding the penetrating pass. And you, how, do you, how do you teach? You can't teach that, what, what Gakpo pulls off. They, they don't there, – there's no – there's, there's, there's no drill that, that teaches you how to finish like that. You either have it or you don't. And I'm so glad that Cody Gakpo has it. And I'm so glad that people are starting to realize that Cody Gakpo, for what we paid for him and how it's structured, we could be looking at one of the, one of the big bargains of the Klopp era. And there has been some very notable bargains already. I love that goal, though. Probably the pick of the bunch. I'm so glad you mentioned the price and the bargain because, again, more poetic, guys. Today's full of poetic repercussions or scenarios. He replaces Firmino and Mane. You know what I mean is like, and look at look at the look at the price range. The same price range that those gems came in, and the same gems that were at the time about to become world class. And I'm hoping, I'm praying. If Gagpo has anything like the career of Firmino and Mane at Liverpool, as you said, if we could be talking about not only Liverpool 2.0, but Moneyball 2.0, Bargain 2.0, Shrewd Business 2.0 as well. That, that is the sweet spot, Grizz. We, we talk about that sweet spot all the time, the, the 30 to 40 million pound sweet spot. It's been very good to us. It's different though, isn't he? Because he's, he gives you a little bit of all of those people you've just mentioned. We cast our minds back to the Everton game. We asked the question, could he run? Because no one had ever seen him stretch his legs. If Salah doesn't score, Gakpo does because he's made up the same 60, 70 yards in about the same time as Salah. He's really, really good at taking the ball in the half turn, keeping it, getting away from people and creating things. I mean, for, for his goal, he, he picks up the ball really deep, opens up his body and plays the ball into the channel. And then he's on his bike and, and they can't keep up with him. So... He's, he's, he's closer to the finished article than some of the bodies that we've brought in before. So so the journey to the top might be a little bit quicker for him. And he's got different facets of his game. Sadio was about aggression, intensity, you know, pace and power. There's a subtlety and there's a class about the way that Gakpo looks after the ball as well as, as 
Evan quite rightly points out the the natural ability to finish because he's also correcting. You, you you can't teach that. It's intuitive. It's instinctive, or it's not. And he seems to have a little bit of everything. So to to bring him in and you know, long live the king. The king is dead, and he steps into Bobby's role and and, and all that. You know, that is that bows really, really well. It's really exciting to see what happens. And remember, we've got to add Luis Diaz to the to the mix as well, who will be. Mm if not more direct than anyone else in the team, given the opportunity. So um, we served a bit of notice today on the rest of the league that these boys are coming. Now do you know why my reaction to when we were speaking about it? Oh, I feel it. I felt it when you did it and I agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kev, yeah. where are we? Goal number four now? Uh, Mohamed Salah. Um, I guess... Um, Sends in a super chat. Yeah, sends in a super chat. Says King Salah, 129 goals now. The greatest winger in Premier League history. And he's not done. Oh, he's not done. He's got loads of shit to do yet. Equals, do I now do I believe he beats Robbie Fowler's record now? Yep. Um by the end been, of the game, yeah, Jay. So this one was equaling it? Yeah. This was to equal, yeah. Do you have any recollection of it, my friend? As I said, mine's a blur. <laughs> um, remind yeah. me and I might remember with you. Um, <laughs> help me, basically. And look, it's been a while since we've lauded Salah, and rightly so. You know, we praise when there's praising to do, and we criticise when there's criticising to do, I'd like to think, on this show. Mm-hmm. Now's the time to laud and praise, because this guy is phenomenally, phenomenally special. Yeah, so like what's similar between the Gapo second goal, our third, and then this goal is the uh, the counter attack. You know, remember years back when um, Salah and Mane um, were lightning quick. You know, probably at their peak in terms of physical um, running power. And uh, when we opposition got corners, you was actually excited. I remember being excited when an opposition got a corner against us because I was like, I back Virgil and Matt to head this away. And then it could be curtains for you going the other way. <laughs> and, and I feel like our, the pace that we have with them three forwards that play today is as scary. And it doesn't necessarily have to be extreme from a carry attack. It's just winning the ball back in our own half. Now, obviously, we've got brilliant passes at the back as well. And Virgil and Trent and stuff. Canati's not too bad himself. Robbo, when he does pick his head up. But like we have that threat whereby if you're, you're going to attack us and you don't succeed and we win that ball back, then we can hit you and we can hit you quick. And we obviously have that with the raw pace that we have. But what we've started to see now is the players working on that technical ability and that link up between themselves. And Nunes is a good example of that because that's not what he was great at when he first came in. But he's seemingly getting better and better at picking his head up and looking for his teammates. And what and I think it was Nunes that was running sort of towards the left side of the pitch with this goal. And he does pick his head up. And I think, funny feel with Nunes, I didn't feel like he, everyone played, everyone I thought played well in the first half, but he looks like he was a little bit not I thought himself. the same. I thought like, the same. Five yeah. out of ten, now. five out of ten. Was it played safe <laughs> as anything? Didn't try and beat a man. I didn't yeah. think he was good at all first half, but obviously he was second half. I wasn't too sure if maybe the shoulder injury or what. I don't know. I just maybe. thought maybe there's something um, there. But he um, he shows his pace. He gets away, but he, he weren't. I don't know who who the United player was that was uh, tracking him down. But he wasn't getting away from him. So then it was as you see the play progressing. You kind of think he's got a check here. He's got a check and come inside and, and look for his teammates, which he did. And he tries to play the pass. I don't think. I think it's cut out by um, McTominay, and then it comes back 
to, I think it's Elliot, who hits the ball forward and finds Salah just in acres of space between the, the, um, the two United defenders. And he just whacks it with his weaker foot and it just rifles in off the underside of the bar. And, you know, it just, it, it was a goal for me that was just like, when things are going well, you just feel yeah. like you can hit anything and it will go in. And I think it's just because it was on his weak foot. He finds himself centrally to goal, like receiving the ball. Because obviously Salah finds himself central to the goal usually, but not quite in them circumstances. On his weaker foot, hits it, hits the bar, but doesn't go off, you know, bounce back out, actually goes and hits the back of the net this time. And you just think, this is going to be our day. The boys have been on it from this from the off. We've already scored three. This is now the fourth. You feel like we could really do some damage here, which obviously we go on to do. And yeah, Salah, you know, equaling, equaling the Premier League um, goal-scoring record for Liverpool. It, it should... It, you shouldn't play down or, you know, you should big that up as much as you possibly can because that is quite simply incredible. And we should we, we should all feel really lucky that we're witnessing this, to be honest, because I think it was said in commentary afterwards, you can appreciate him for how good he is now, but when he does eventually leave the league or retire as a footballer, you will look back and go, wow, I, I feel so blessed that we were able to watch that guy because his numbers are incredible and he's an incredible player, so... Um, fourth goal for me, because even at 3-0, I was a little bit still. I thought Rashford might still get one and then it might get nervy. But 4-0, I was like, that's game set now. I'm good with this now. Yeah. Uh, James sends in a super chat. Says, the man of United fans at my uni that were coming out of their cave since... My uni that were coming out of their cave since they won that cup. So happy Klopp has sent them back to the Stone Age. Yeah, aren't we all, my friend? The man of United fans that crawled out of the woodworks just because... I don't know because just because we're having an off season, uh, we're not going anywhere, and they hate it and they know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vish says, "Let's pick up Fab's role in that second goal. Finally, looking sharp again. His form is so crucial for this running." Yeah, I mean, I wish you guys could ask me this question because I'm the one who's been sort of his leading critic, maybe. Um, but I've got no pride and shame in admitting that last two games he's been magnificent. I spoke about it before that today's would be his litmus test. Today he would have been facing two lads that have not let him play in the World Cup. He literally sat on the bench because of these two lads, Casemiro and Fred. Today Fabinho would have had personal pride at stake, apart from, of course, Liverpool Man United, but he knows them. There's a rivalry there between him, Fabinho, uh, sorry, him, Casemiro and Fred. And Connor thought he was magnificent again. I thought it was everything that you spoke about in terms of the first half as well, when we're winning the ball high up again. It was the front foot Fabinho that we have been so used to and so perplexed at what has happened. It was our lighthouse back today and the last couple of games, wasn't it, Con? Yeah, no, I I think it was. I I think, to be honest, I'm going to just... I did think about this today, it would come up. Um, we need to see more. It needs to be a, a bigger sample size with Fabinho because we've seen a, a big, quite a lengthy sample size of the opposite form he's been in. So for me, it's like, yes, he's been very good. He's been probably excellent today, especially getting the booking in the first first half or just the, it was the first Which half. was ridiculous again. Yeah. I mean, they, they had so many fouls that he didn't even look at. The first foul from our DM, straight away a yellow card. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think to be honest, I think because just before that there was the Varane incident, so I think it was to cool things down a bit originally because it was like the 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 arm swung. So I think it was like there'd been a few things that had happened in that kind of melee. But I, I agree, I think he was very very good today. I think for me, 
need to see to the end of the season though, Grizz, because two weeks ago we're, we're considering selling him in the summer. So you need to do a lot more for me to change my mind on that. But you know what? Today's not about that. It was, it was very, very good. And as you say, there's a lot of personal pride involved today against a lot of Brazilians when you think about Casemiro, Fred, Anthony as well. So absolutely. But um, yeah, it was it was outstanding. And it just shows that's, that's what you need. You know, the way we want to play, the, the position, as Evan constantly says, a DM is so crucial. And maybe it's a bit frustrating today, actually, when you see he can perform like that. It's probably a little bit frustrating what, what you've seen from him, you know, before that. So we'll talk about that again in the future. But yeah, excellent today. I actually thought... Um, to be honest, all of the midfield was good. Henderson in a position that, let's be honest, he's he's never, I don't know, he's maybe had one or two, I think, good performances at left, centre mid. But today I thought he'd done really well. Um, again, I think he deserves a bit of plaudits as well. So all of the midfield, for an area we all know that we need reinforcements, I think they've done well today. Uh, Nish says, Grizz in excitement, I bought a hospitality ticket yeah, for the I tell my wife. I know, I know. We've all, we've all been there, mate. You get a bit too excited. Tell her to watch the podcast and then she'll find out. That's how you do it. <laughs> yeah. Embrace and enjoy it, my friend. Uh, Hassan Al Jabiri says, Salam, my brother Grizz. Much love from down under. Much love to you as back. Chef Grizz is going to cook. That brother Saeed needs to be destroyed. Tune like in tomorrow. That'll be interesting. That'll Please, be brother, don't hold back. Yeah, look. Each show has its own characteristics. We're not about destroying people on this show. Skullfuggery is going to kick off tomorrow. Just tune in for that. That'll be a that'll be a ninety-minute yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> it should be. It should be. It should be fun. I, I, I've 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 suffered quite a bit this season. As I said, I, I, I really deserve this. I really deserve this. <laughs> uh, where are we? Have four nil, five nil. Is it five now? We're going to five. No, it's four. So it's five. Evans on the fifth goal now. I think. Have you again? Help me out. I haven't got no notes. No. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. We. We're we're on the we're on the fifth goal uh, at at this point, away. and the the fifth is fifth is Darwin's second, and uh, oh. I'm I'm very glad I'm very glad to be talking about this goal because I think it's gone com- understandably completely under the radar in the grand scheme of things. The how difficult this goal was. This okay. header is so at such a technically high level for for heading. The, the ball is flung into him with no great pace. It's behind him. And so he has to cock his neck back behind and hit it with the side of his head at such with, with enough force to, to get it towards the goal. And it wasn't until I saw the replays that I was blown away. I'm like, that is one of the best headers I think I can see. I've seen at Anfield. And we've seen some special ones, obviously. You know, we had Peter Crouch in the team at one point. We had Suarez scoring a header from 19 yards away from his own goal. Uh, I, I, I couldn't believe uh, just the how, how easy that was. And it was made easy by you, Manchester United not, not feeling the need to give Jordan Henderson any type of meaningful pressure uh, on the ball. Jordan Henderson had all day to cross that ball. And I don't, I don't care who you are or what type of player is on the ball. If you give a professional player a – a training ground amount of time to cross the ball. They're going to punish you. This is the Premier League. Like, it, it, whoever crosses the ball is irrelevant. If you give a professional player that much time and space, you're going to get punished. And that header is just so athletically impressive. I, I was blown away. We really do have an absolute specimen in our ranks. Darwin Nunez is one of the most physically complete players I've 
ever seen him play the game, if I'm being honest. Cavi is a specimen, isn't he? He And I agree with you and Conroy's assessment that in the first half, I, I, I said it as well. Uh, I said it to friends in WhatsApp groups popping off left, right, and I said, I said, I don't know, he's carrying an injury or there's something wrong. Something doesn't seem right. But he's a threat. And as Evan said, he's a physical specimen. You don't often get six foot four, two, however tall he is on wings with the agility he's got, with the with the running power that he's got, combining that with hopefully and for sure will be a better understanding of the position, the teamwork, the chemistry. That will all come. We know that. But my God, for a first season and for the first month or so the abuse this fella got do some people really need to have a word with themselves because they must look like idiots right now Kev this guy is going on strength to strength to strength and like me and Steve spoken about next season I mean it's going to be frightening it's going to be frightening I think I think I said about just just before the World Cup I think it was I said uh, I'm Probably a bit of a big claim, but I, I genuinely believe it. I, I think he will be one of the best strikers in the world at some point in his career. And I think that if it's not at Liverpool, it will be somewhere else because, you know, he'll go on. So he'll, he'll be at a club where they tailor the system around him because, like you said, he has that physical attributes. He has that work rate, that desire, you know, um, to, to win. And I, I genuinely think he'll, he'll score goals. I genuinely think he'll be the heartbeat of the team. Um, I think he's already becoming that for Liverpool, to be honest. And I do think he will be one of the best forwards in world football. I think Ancelotti named it when he was talking about the future generation of strikers and stuff. Um, he is that good. And what a skill to have when you're not necessarily in the game, which is rare for Nunes, because that's one of his biggest assets, is that he can just has this raw passion for the game and this fight in him. Um, but he, yeah, he, didn't, he looked a little bit out of sorts in the first half, but still affects the game. So you've ultimately got, you know, a really close to a complete player. He just needs to work on everything and improve on everything. But he has the basis there for it all. You know, if he had that Gakpo level of first touch and control, he genuinely would be more, even more frightening than he is now. But um, I was really pleased for him to get the goals because I didn't want it to be a game where he sort of faded out because United at Anfield, it's, it's, it's big in a lot of football fans' calendar, not just Liverpool and, and United fans. Um, season, uh, every football fan will be tuning into this game, and for all of the criticism he's had, and the and the jokes made about him, and the, and the criticism, and the memes, and everything, the guy is just other than making the mistake at Palace, he has genuinely worked hard, you know, and tried to integrate himself into the team. I love the way he celebrates everyone else's goals and stuff as well. He's not here for himself. He's doing a lot of personal development, but he genuinely is trying to fit into this club and to this team. And um, when he got the when he got the first goal and then on to the second, I thought it's brilliant. It's brilliant for him because it's just getting them goals because that's the big one been one of the biggest criticisms about his finishing. So now he's answering that question, and it's a game that everybody can look at as a neutral or a rival fan and go, we probably can't keep making these jokes about him anymore because he is shutting us up. Those Liverpool fans now we're seeing how good he is. And we will oh, shut up him. now. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Not shutting up. You need to shut up now. Mm. Whoever's been doing these GIFs, memes, compilations, you absolutely look like an... I don't want to swear today. Today's not about mm. releasing any anger or, you know, profanities. Yeah. But <laughs> you're spot on. Like... What did you do? In fact, it's almost like it's motivated him to another level. In fact, he's 
because we know he's on social media. We know he posts, make, uh, puts out posts. And so therefore we know he's on social media. And, and this is what I love about him even more, lads. He's, he's one he of faces those... faces it. He faces it. He fronts up and faces it. And, it. Up. and you're right, just like the first half, he wasn't, he wasn't in his own, he wasn't having his own way and he wasn't having a great game. Looked it's, it's the most lethargic I've seen him, to be honest with you. Even when he's, you know, he's always giving 100%. I thought there's something lacking. But again, and I don't know about you guys, I've got this, I love variety of goals and Conroy's spoken about it so many times. Different types of goals. I want Liverpool to score different types of, not, not just the old Mane and the old Salah goals, right? Look at the variety of goals and all because of the pressure, the intensity you made him scramble and includes two headers. I love when we score from headers. Like, I know that Virgil van Dijk scored the other day from a header. Nunes scored twice from a header. I love variety is the spice of life. Eight goals and assists in, against the big six already. If that's true, if that's true, that's insane. Mm -hmm. Like for the first season, right? What's incredible as well is I listened to your Wolves post-match and I think it was mentioned then when you were talking about Nunes was at times you were seeing someone defending our own 18-yard box and you weren't sure if it was Simicast or Nunes. That's how hard the guy works. Yeah. You know, incredibly in, in, good in the press, but tracking back, covering his fullback. Not only that, he'll put a challenge in in our own box and then he'll run up the other end of the pitch to be involved in the attack. He really is trying to do it all. And at the minute, it's it's paying off. And uh, like I say, I think he's becoming the heartbeat to, to our team, to be honest. The crowd absolutely love him. I experienced that firsthand um, the other night when I went to the to Anfield to watch the Wolves game. The minute he does anything, it's like you can feel the crowd wanting the ball to go to him so they can just chant his name. You know, you don't really need a reason, but you're almost just wanting to get like a half chance or just have a shot so we can get behind him because that's what he does. That's like part of his appeal is he just draws the fans in and that brings that power into Anfield. It's an incredible ability to have. And that comes down to his not his, his playing style and his personality. Yeah, that's, you know, his ability helps, but that just comes down to who he is. Conroy, we make a whole heap of changes for um, at 78th minute. Bejetic, Jota, Bobby, Milner uh, and Fabinho, Gakpo, Nunes, Henderson come off. Um, just to, I know we, I know you may have touched upon it, but just a quick word on 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 Henderson's performance. Obviously, much maligned, uh, divisive figure right now because of the ages at whatever. But I, again, I said at the start of the game, I think I said in the group, Hendon needs to have his best game of the season. I thought Henderson had his best game of the season. One hundred percent, absolutely, Chris. And I think um, you know. It, what I liked is maybe one or two times in the first half, he maybe tried a ball that wasn't on. You know, people maybe mention that in the comments. But I actually thought most of the time it was the short pass or, you know, look for this. Not always safer pass, but so we kept the ball when we had it. And I think the the assist that Evan commented on as well, I love that. love that type of assist. Time it in the, in the box to cross it in. Whips it in. So Darwin, it's a great header, but it's an inviting cross as well. And I feel like, do you know what? That's really good for him following that to be honest good performance right probably his best performance this season I would agree with that gets an assist comes off the stand innovation and he is the captain of a team that has beat Manchester United 7-0 which is record breaking and that's the heaviest defeat they've had uh, since Boxing Day in I think 62 years it's something mental like that so you know it's 
I, I'm not one for saying, you know, we talk about catalyst all the time and you know, you know me, I'm really not one for that. But if you're ever going to have something that's going to change your season, beating Manchester United 7-0 at, uh, at home is going to do that. I don't care who you are. The, the, the kind of impetus in that fixture is that huge that this might have that effect. But again, for, for Henderson, hopefully that can have effect for the rest of his season. I thought he was, he was, he was very good today. I don't think anyone had a bad game, don't get me wrong, but he definitely had one of his best performances of the season. And as he was coming off, I don't know if you guys noticed, he did look like there was a feeling of satisfaction coming off, walking off to be substituted. They just felt a, a feeling of, you know, this is a bit surreal and I'm just going to kind of soak it in as I'm walking off. So I thought that was really, really special, to be honest. And yeah, it was a, just a great, great day. And, and, and just, I don't know if what I wanted to just add on Cav's point as well about Nunes. For me, right, the biggest thing I've seen in the last couple of games is Gakpo's movement. I think if someone in the comments said it earlier, I would say he is the cleverest out of all our front three. I just think he's very, or he's up there. His football intelligence is very good. And I think you're seeing it more and more. I think he's always had that technical ability to hold it in. But I feel like with his movement now, and again today with someone like Nunes, who you can operate on the left, come centrally, I feel like you're seeing now very similar to what we had in is it 18, 19, 17, 18, where the free forwards would be more fluid. I get it, Sal is mainly on the right, but there was even times where he was coming centrally today. I feel like with someone like Gakpo, as you mentioned, maybe a, a, a Bobby Regen, if we're lucky, if it gets to that. But he's clever enough to, to know where to go that will cause havoc to allow Nunes and Salah either in the space behind or take someone away. And I just wanted to add, I feel like he adds to Darwin's game. Maybe I'm being a bit reactionary on that, but I feel like because he's so good technically and he's, he's football IQ's up there, I feel like I maybe saw something in the last couple of games that could be very, very dangerous next season for us, especially dangerous for other teams because of the way he can take defenders away. And I just wanted to add that. I don't know if you guys agree with that. No, I would agree. And I think looking from the reactions, I think we would agree. Uh, we also would agree, Steve, that Bobby comes on and, and now every time he's going to be involved, it's going to be smiles, warm smiles and a feeling of uh, Bobby, you know, the end days as far as he's concerned in terms of Liverpool. Um, but he has an impact, doesn't he? Uh, he? He sets up the, where are we now, lads? Uh, Evan. Salah's goal, one of Salah's goals, yeah. Sixth, sixth, number yeah. six, goal number six. Bobby plays a part again. I don't recall, Steve, but once you start talking about it, it'll come round to me. Yeah, um, it is going to be like this every time he comes on, we're all mm. going to gush, we're all going to sit there smiling and tell yeah. you that's our Bobby, that we love him. You know, I think if you look at today, you couldn't have scripted any better. The, the, the biggest, fiercest rivalry comes to Anfield. We can't stand them. They've been giving it the big in, in social media. We do them 7-0 and the guy that announces leaving the football club and broke our hearts scores the seventh goal. If you were a script writer, there it is. You don't need to do anything else. You've, you've, got, you've got it, haven't you? You've mailed it. Amazing. The, the assist for the Salah goal was, was slightly fortuitous. Because one of their players has a swing at it to try and clear it. It bounces off both of his shins directly to Salah and he scores. So we spoke about this off off air with um with Con. I don't know whether whether the statisticians will give him that one because it, it just gets in the way of a clearance. But I'd like to think so, because it would be an assist to the goal um for him. But you know, he's um 
trying back hills and all that stuff. You know, we're, we're in we're in fantasy land. We've been giving it the old A's since the 55th minute with all the passes and taking the mick. And he's come on there and thoroughly got on side with that. And he's trying little flicks around the corner and stuff. You know, I watched a compilation of him the other day and I replied to it. The, the most Brazilian of Brazilians because he just plays with with that that Brazilian flair, doesn't he? And, and the easy things that we might do when we play football, he doesn't even think about those. He's trying to do something much more creative and, and, and much better than than, than 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 that. And he plays his part. That's an assist if it's an assist. He's got to be there to shut down the clearance. And then obviously, I'm sure we'll get to it. He gets his just reward as well. He does, Evan. He does. And this is it. We go on to that because sixth. I don't know what, what it means in terms of records and whatever. I'm not a great guy for stats. And if this is our record against United or against any other team. I know we beat Bournemouth 9-0. At this stage, I'm thinking, yo, <laughs> Bournemouth, Manchester United, come on, <laughs> come on, let's go. We can do you, this. You're wanting the clock to extend, aren't you? I thought, here we go, World <laughs> Cup referees, add seven minutes. Because <laughs> let's not forget, guys, let's not forget, for that first 15, 20 minutes, Man United were time-wasting. Mm. Every goal kick was oh, being delayed and you know and, and taking their time over. They time wasted. So if there was another mm. five six minutes, I reckon we could have scored another two goals. I don't give a shit what you got said. Yeah, you know when it got to when when it got to seven, I was thinking, you know, seven <laughs> nil. That's a, that's a dangerous lead. It, you, know, you, might, dangerous you might as well get to eight. <laughs> you know, you you gotta be you gotta be careful. You know, I was thinking eight has such a nice. <laughs> you know, bring to it a, a lot of things rhyme with eight. It's a nice even number. You know what I mean? You can divide it easily. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. Number. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, I I didn't get a chance to speak on Firmino earlier, so I'm glad I'm able to speak on his goal. And you know, the the, the last two goals of the night was was us just the the way we worked it into the box was a bit sort of just like you know, just punching the nail into the floorboard. They, they were just getting beaten up. Like the space Elliot and Salah were finding out on the right wing was embarrassing for, for a high-level Premier League match. It should, just should not be happening to any team. Forget Manchester United, a top-four contender. Um, but Firmino, that's, that's the cherry on top. There's the poetry that you want at the end of the night. There's the feel-good factor if you needed another one. But Roberto Firmino, what can you say? Uh, my favorite Liverpool player of all time, the the tactical face of the Klopp revolution, absolutely, a, a absolute unicorn of a player, a profile. There will never be another. We have players now who can do a pretty decent impression, but will anybody ever do it to the level that he did it at? No, the, the there isn't another false nine like him, and, and that's why we didn't try to get one. But Firmino, I mean, I, I, I'm going to be honest, guys. I might get a Firmino tattoo. That's how serious I am about this guy. That, that is my favorite player of all time. And if I do, I will show it on stream. I'll show you guys where I got it. No, we're going to – I, I genuinely think, I genuinely think we, we, will, we will do a stream like on his, end, on his last appearance or whatever. And I, I genuinely believe we will be emotional. Even though we're cracking jokes here and we're grown-ass men and we love to have a laugh and, and we love to be serious sometimes as well, but 
genuinely, if you're talking about legends, icons, call it what you want, heroes, smile on his face, selfless for the team. What a guy, you know, mixing in with players, not speaking a word of English when he came and now he's singing songs, you know, on his piano and, and killing us. Like, mm. he gave me, he's given me three, four emotional nights already. Mm. Uh, so he's for baptizing me, people. <laughs> Him and Ali baptized people. Man. Yeah, just just other days <laughs> off, they just baptized. It's just crazy. I mean, oh, would man. you want to? You know, I mean, that song will go forever be sung for years and years to come, even when he's not here, because that's what we do. He's going to go down in folklore history. And si Senor, I mean, look, as as Ibra says, si Senor, give the. I mean, these these words, these lines, will be etched in his memory for 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 many a decade. Um, but yeah, um, J-Boy Animation says, if Jota got that eighth, <laughs> the next day is headline, United eight for dinner at Anfield. Mm -hmm. Yeah, look, as, as, as Conroy says, eight would have had a, a different type of rhyme or, or meaning to it. I mean, I don't know what he meant, but I, I, I was with him. I was with him. Salah turned the butcher into Pat Butcher. Um, I, I, I guess we... I guess the only bit I want to speak about United is the, the lack of discipline, Kev. They lost mm. it. In that yeah. last 15, 20 minutes, they were all over the show. Mm. They were embarrassing for their fans. There's, there's talk on Twitter of Bruno wanting to be subbed off. Uh, Shaw was going around kicking people on the floor. Absolute mm. head losses. Uh, I guess they really thought they were coming to do something at Anfield, which suggests that's the reaction. That's why mm. they got that reaction. Yeah, look, we've seen these United players down tools as well. Like, you know, I can't, I'm not sure if it was last season or the season before, but basically they didn't play for half a season. Just, last season, just, last season. Yeah, you know, I know, and that, we spoke about it and we've used, you know, United as an example for ourselves where we say how quickly football can change. You can very quickly, you know, look terrible to everybody and then be the best team, one of the best teams in the league. And then vice versa, you can be one of the best teams in the league and fall off so dramatically. Uh, the swing has been different between us and United. But the thing that's different between us and United is at our low points, which has been this season, I feel like our players have always carried themselves with dignity and pride. And I think, you know, there's been one or two sort of social media posts where they've come out and apologised and stuff. But other than that, it's just, look, we work together, we're a team, we'll get through this. And as football fans, you don't like to hear it because you want to hear things that you can like instantly jump to and go, okay, that's that's going to change our fortune. And you know, when we don't like to be patient and believe in the process. But um, I feel like the players, yeah, they've not played well. I don't think the manager's done particularly well at times this season and, and the coaches and stuff, but they've always carried themselves as good human beings. And I think that's the difference. When United were having their downturn, there was all sorts of stuff coming out, you know, players arguing and headlines and media reports and it all looked very sour and they were all blaming each other and this and that and you're sort of seeing shades of it today you know when when the chips are down and your backs are against the wall you want to look around and see what you what who your real teammates are and what their like interpersonal skills are like and whether they're going to be there for you and ride that ride that tough period with you or whether they're going to point fingers and blame each other and I think today was an example of them sort of showing their true sort of colours, if you like. Everybody looks as if they get on when things are going well. It's when things aren't going well that you really see the true colours of people. And I think today we spoke about, uh, I know Conroy spoke a minute ago about Jordan Henderson, but 
when you speak about captains, look at the contrast between the two. You know, you would never have seen, you would have never in a million years have seen that kind of attitude and, and not performance, but that kind of attitude where not willing to run back, pointing at people, arguing. Like at one point, Salah went past him and he just stood there, and I, I was gobsmacked. Like I've, I don't think I've seen that too many times in football where literally a player's just like, yeah, I'm not bothering with that. And it is remarkable, really. And how can a team get back into a game? Not that they would have at this point, but how can a team continue to fight um, for their fans when your captain, the leader, is setting that as an example? And like I say, that's where I'm proud um, of our players, that they they always show the right attitude, despite, you know, at times putting in horrendous performances. So, yeah, Henderson for me is a proper captain because of how he's acted, not because of the trophies he's lifted. And that's where, for me, um, Bruno Fernandez, he isn't. I think he's, he's, he's just given the armband based on quality. That's all that's, it is. That's the usual thing. Like players who are like, like, oh, the best player gets captain armband. That's a, no. that's a, a narrative that shouldn't really happen because most of the time, and, and that's like, an example of why it shouldn't happen. Sh- sh- shouldn't happen. And, 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 sorry, Evan, you go. I was just, I was just gonna say, and then to go into the post-match interview and start crying. Like not, not, I'm not, I'm not the cheek, the cheek of it. Honestly, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not criticizing him. I'm not criticizing him for being emotional or displaying emotion publicly. That's not what I'm getting at him for. But to to go and cry in a post match interview, it feels performative because you were not a leader out there. You did exactly the opposite of what a leader should be doing on the pitch. And then to go and cry to the cameras like you laid it all out on the line and. That, in, that you're you're now so wounded, you know, it's 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 just it's just bullshit. And again, I'm not I'm not chastising him for crying. There's nothing wrong with crying, but yes, he was he was crying in the post match interview. Con, that's what you was talking about, wasn't you? His reactions and his ego and his body language. Captain, really, no chance for me. But it's it's the thing is it's it's you know what he's like. This is not a surprise, Bruno Fernandez. Most Manchester United fans get frustrated with him. Yeah. And not on the football style because like, see if you players try that ball all the time and it sometimes doesn't come off I've not got a problem with that it can be frustrating but you can live with that but it's like he's at that type of player but he's also his absolute attitude is is ridiculous to be honest and I, I feel like I try to imagine because I think he is a very good player and on his day he can he can be a, a, a game changer but if he played for Liverpool and I know we were in, in, interested in him um, before he went to United I think he'd do my head in, to be honest. Like, and it's the thing is as well, and and it might people say there's like a European aspect of like trying to get people sent off in that. But see when he falls down, when he's not touched in the face, like Rivaldo in that game when he got touched in the chest and he's holding his face. Like, I've I've got a big problem with that, to be honest. Like, I understand theatrics to a certain extent in the game, but that's just out of order. So to to try and do that, try to get someone sent off or booked in a game by by being that blatant, and then going like that at the end of the game when you've tried to get subbed off when there's young players there and you're meant to be the experienced player it just really shows you his character let's be honest and I'd be very surprised if there's not a lot of Manchester United fans saying no give it give the armband to Casemiro because you know he's quality and you know at least he's got a certain standard and you know he's not bottled finals like Bruno Fernandes has you know he's not got that I just can't get my head around there, there seems to be this exception in football where your best player is your captain. Your best player is meant to uphold the standards that you have. And, and Cavs' uh, relation to Henderson is a great example to that. But it's not just that. Basics, that's basics for like relegation teams. There has to be there has to be a standard upheld. And I just think that's quite... Um, could you imagine the changing room after? I'd, I'd be surprised if there wasn't a few players like absolutely 
having a go at him, to be honest, because that's kind of embarrassing. We hope so. We hope yeah. so. We hope so. Uh, we hope so. We hope. Uh, what was that word someone said earlier? The, the super chat. He feels discombobulated. Discombobulated. Yeah. Yeah, that one. That's a good point. Yeah. Steve, um, 7 0. Absolute scenes of joy. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I'm not going to lie. My voice was yeah. gone by that stage. I, I, I thought, what the. Was you on the watch along today? No, no. Oh. Um, I return to those duties next week for the Bournemouth game. So. Oh, what a, what, a, what a damn squib that could be. But, yeah. but, but, Klopp at the end, and it was mentioned at the start, but we mentioned at the end, Klopp didn't do all of that. And I, and I liked that he didn't do it because, as I said, now is the time. Because now we have given, what's the analogies, guys? Hit me with some analogies. The light at the end of the tunnel, it's got something to go for, you know. Well, it's a taste of things to come, hopefully. Yeah. So the point being is, all right, we've smashed our fiercest rivals 7-0. They'll never recover from this long term. Like in terms of, won't ever forget this, sorry, ever. They will never be able to forget this and live this down. But our job wasn't to beat them 7-0. Our job was to collect three points and make sure we finish top four. And I think that's what Klopp was telling the crowd at the end, because the crowd were baying for the fist pumps. But he was like, no, we go. We keep going. We keep going. I thought that yeah. was brilliant from Jürgen. I totally agree. Um, I think I've alluded to it. We've got a nightmare three or four games in the first couple of weeks of April. And he knows this. Yeah, so the job isn't done. And it might be that we come up short because those games will define where we finish. So, yes, we've given United a good working over today. Yes, everybody feels great about themselves. But we're fifth. We're not fourth. We're not safe in fourth. We've not guaranteed Champions League football. That is the goal. And, and then and only then will we see the fist bumps. We might see them again as we get close to it, where he tries to draw the crowd into building momentum and giving the players the lift. Um, but it, uh, disingenuous is the wrong word, but I think it would have been it would have been lost in the grand context of today. Like you said, if it's 7-0 or 1-0, it, it's the same outcome. It's three points towards the grand total at the end of the season, three points towards the, the holy grail that is that Champions League football that changes everything for us when we sit down at the table and try and do our transfers. There will be players we might look at that will go, well, I, I only want to go if you've got Champions League football. Whether you like that or not, that those are some motivators and some of the players we, we ultimately will be looking at. Um, so there's still a big task on. It's still, it's still not in our favour, really, to do it. It's still not in our hands because Newcastle, if they were in their two games and then would be above us. I don't see that happening given their current form. Um Right now, probably, if you look at the race for fourth place, 13 points from 15, five clean sheets. That's tighter winning form, never mind top four winning form. We were waiting all season, weren't we, lads? We were every fucking Sunday. Every Sunday, we were saying, right, guys, this is it. And then we'd be disappointed and we'd have faces like dogs' bums on air. And we'd be thinking, what next? How? It's true. But suddenly we have five clean sheets in a row, four wins out of five. This, it's for sure our best part of the season. And we must capitalise on this. You're right, Steve. And, and, yeah, you know, today we gave up. Rashford will think he should do better with the one, the first time shot he has, which gets caught up in his studs. And it's easy for Alisson. If 
Fernandez scores the header that goes across the goal, then you have to put your hands up and say, wow, that's a header, because it's a technically difficult thing to do. We weren't giving the ball away in stupid areas and watching players hit the crossbar with shots as a result of that. There has been considerable improvements in terms of what we're doing. And it's no surprise that the return to some kind of form for Fabinho has been a catalyst to that. Because all season, Van Dijk and his teammates have just been looking at it. It's like Alamo has got all these guys charging down towards him and the midfield just letting them run off them. And, and his runners are all over, all over the place. It's difficult to know who to pick up. But he's improved. The midfield has improved. Um, question for you boys is, at some point in the next week or two, Thiago is going to be available for selection. <laughs> I, can't, I can't see how he gets in at the moment. I'm not going to answer it or discuss it. It's a point of discussion. Go for it, guys. I don't I don't think he gets back in, to be honest. I don't, I don't see a need to rush him back in. I think he sort of, he comes in as a, as a late sub to sort of get minutes and see what he can add to the game. But I think, look, if things are going right, just keep them as they are for me, you know. Uh, and the, when I, we were talking uh, about Fabinho earlier, what we, what we did mention is he's actually played alongside different people alongside him now. So we spoke about Bissetic and how that could positively impact uh, Fabinho. Well, he didn't play with him today. You know, Henderson's played beside him and Elliot. So he's playing with different combinations and, and managing to find um, a performance in that. So... Hopefully that that's a sign of him and not just the team. Um, but yeah, I would I think if the if the midfield's working and you've got an option between Henderson, Elliot, and Besetic alongside Fab, um, mm. then just just stick with that for the time being and let's see. Because Thiago does come in and change the game slightly, usually for the better. But he does get on the ball a lot more, and it it might just change the sort of. It's horses for courses. We have been screaming out for options, variety being able to change games off the bench, which we haven't done all season. None of our subs have been impactful. In fact, I'd say they've been negatively impactful in, in some cases. But Thiago is a world-class operator that last season we saw pretty much the best of and we nearly won it all. So let's not discard that memory just because we're going through a purple patch right now. I just feel horses for courses is the name of the game for from now on and hopefully fingers crossed and everything else in terms of next season when everyone is on board and new players are on board that's all we're crying out for right Evan Con, we, we want horses for courses we want options for the manager earn his money yeah ab absolutely um we want to have you know these are the headaches you you would like to have how does Tiago Alcantara get back into your team um wow. but but <laughs> it's quite a sentence to say um, but I, I would I would encourage us perhaps not to get a little bit ahead of ourselves. He is our best midfielder by a distinct distinct margin. Uh, one of the one of the best midfielders in the world still. You know, as a guy like me, I like looking at metrics and numbers. And no matter what craft I make for Premier League mid midfielders or midfielders in Europe's top five leagues, Thiago Alcantara is always there amongst the Kevin De Bruynes, amongst the Rodrigues, amongst. Joshua Kimmich, you know, all these guys who are absolute studs of Europe. Thiago is always right there with them. And just because he has spent uh, the, the last handful of games injured and we picked up form, I, I don't want us to draw conclusions between those those two things. Not, not that that's what we're doing, but I do think when fit, he absolutely strolls into our starting 11 in uh, any situation. Uh, real quickly, though, I wanted to share a stat. 
a uh, bit, bit late to, to share a stat, but it's only just now uh, popped up on my feed. Uh, Liverpool had 77 box entries versus Manchester United. That is a Premier League record since Opta Data began. That wow. is shocking. That is a Premier wow. League record uh, for, for Opta. That is insane. So say that. Uh, so yeah, say we, that. Say, 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 say that. How many? How many? Evan, say that figure again, slowly. That is, Liverpool had seventy-seven box entries versus Manchester seven. United. Eight, Seems to be seven. The, yeah, the, the no, it's, it's the, the lucky the number. It, it, it's the lucky number, Grizz. I mean, it, it, it is what it Insane. is. Lucky number seven. Yeah, lucky number seven. That is a lot. That is a lot. Um, I mean, to say we cut through them is is, is putting it lightly. Uh, yeah, and that's that's again that's been a big critique that we've talked about on the show plenty of times this season. Liverpool are not putting teams under siege enough. We need to get in and around a team's box more more often, and we, and we did it with such ease today. So yeah, lucky number well, seven for sure. We probably had seventy of them in the second half because the first half was not that yeah. good, wasn't it? Really, you know. Yeah, I would like to see the distribution between the two because it definitely wasn't a 50-50 split. Um, By no means, no chance. Con, um, Kat's put in the chat, and I'm not going to come to Kat, which is so weird, sorry. But he said, <laughs> we must speak on, we must speak on uh, Virgil van Dijk. And we must, we must. I think we'll speak on them as a partnership and we'll speak yep. on them as a duo because Konate, you know my thoughts on Konate, but, but, but I said... On the post-match to the other day, um, for me, I saw Virgil van Dijk slowly coming back to his base and he carried that on today. Uh, yeah. the, the most informed attacker in Europe, some would say, did, it, did get a sniff today. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think speaking about them up here is, is very suitable. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel yeah. like... Kanati seems to be getting more confident. He's always looked good. Like I'm not saying he, he, he didn't when he even played his first game, but he seems to be really be rising to the challenge because he knows that Virgil is like Virgil has always been the guy. Don't get me wrong, but like t- Father Time waits for no man. So in the sense of he, he's still operating at a high level, but I feel like when Kanati's there, from what I've seen today, because it's a massive match against the top team, is further in the league. We've, you know, we've not we've been up and down this season. He really rose to the challenge today. Very aggressive. His decision making seems to be getting better week on week. So a bit like when Van Dyke knows used to know when to go. He still does, but when he used to go go aggressive and when to sit back. I think Kanati is really showing that. I also think with the ball today, signs of Joe Matip a few times. You know, going for adventure, but playing the pass, and you never know, maybe Joel's worked with him, because Joe Matip's very, very good at that, and Kanati's got the pace, he's got the build to hold people off, he done that a few times today as well, so that's another, um, you know, bow, I can't remember the phrase, you know, something on his bow for his, at, you know, string, whatever. <laughs> bow to his string? That's yeah. it. String to his bow. No, I butcher it, that's it, I butcher it every time, so he's shown that as well, and I feel like it gives Virgil that little bit of a not a safety blanket or a lifeline, but it just gives him a lot of security because he's he's obviously not as young as he was and he's came for, back from that injury. And I feel like it gives him a little bit more confidence is maybe the wrong word, but just that security there. And I think today they look they both look very confident playing together in a partnership. And I think he was he was excellent. Uh, as I say, 
it was you, you can't think of anything like crazy that Van Dyke had to do. Like I can't think of any. I might be wrong, guys. You remember the last ditch challenges? Nothing like that. But that's what you want. That's what you want because that's that's a clean sheet. That's secure. That's the between. old Virgil when that's we it. didn't think what what is he doing? Yet he's keeping clean sheet after clean sheet. This is the mind games. This thing starts with us. You don't have to be getting dirty and whatnot. It's the Maldini quote, be... isn't it? If I've slid down, I've already made my first mistake. But not yeah. even that. You just need to be able to know. You know how you've you've read the game immaculately. Yeah. And and Rashford is younger, probably quicker now than than Virgil, yeah. but Virgil was always they were catching him offside. Like, did you notice the disrespect from Rashford? He realised Konate is too much for me. Power, pace, tenacity. Rashford was actually trying to play a lot on Virgil. He actually thought, let me pick on this old man. There's stories on Twitter that he's lost his aura. Let me see what's going on here. And Virgil played him like a kid, absolute kid, all in the brain and the mind. He was two steps ahead of him every single time. And I thought it was a masterclass from Virgil on on uh, young Rashford, twenty-seven year old now probably, but yeah. you know, and young very Rashford much, and... very much one of the most informed players in the world as well. So I think it's there's been you've had a lot, Grizz, going into this, you know, pre previews and stuff. Being different United fans saying, you know, Virgil's done. I feel like today, especially having Kinati next to him, I feel like it's quite clear that that's not the case. I think people love to forget the fact last year that Virgil van Dijk was in the team of the year. Additionally, was Thiago. That doesn't really suit some narrative sometimes. People, oh, he's not been the same when he came back from his injury. He still played at a very high level. You know, even if it's not the balance, second in the balance, but still a very high level. So let's not disrespect that. Um, and again, I think today... If we get it right, and I think what Evan said as well, we've got more control in the game. It's sometimes our downfall at times is maybe too basketball-esque. I feel like it gives everyone more more stability, and especially those two at the back, they're absolute... I think I would say rock solid at the back. That's a bit disrespectful because, as you said, the way they read the game is very good. And Kinati, if he can add that passing aspect to his game, my word. Like I, I don't usually jump on the train with Kinati, but he could be seriously ridiculous for us so yeah uh, also just to add as well i'll let cav come with the van dyke love in here but shout out to klopp it was actually ahmed um who's in the chat and he tweeted me before i came on he says you know give klopp his flowers today as well it was obviously putting elliot centrally and um occupying gakpo's position fair play he, he obviously des deserves a lot of credit and i know i've not had a chance to go massively into that but fair play to klopp as well today Mm. Fair enough. Anybody wants to add anything else before we wrap up? I know we could go on for another seven minutes or so, but uh, we really must wrap it up. Um, I wanted to add that I think Virgil's got his aggression back in the game. And I don't know if that's come with confidence um, in getting these clean sheets, but I felt today, you know, usually he'll go up for a header and he'll just win it because he's usually bigger and read, read the flight of the ball well and stuff. But he actually is willing to go through the back of people now. He's actually willing to shrug people off and he gives them this stare where it's like, don't come near me. Like, don't try and challenge me, you know. And that aura that we, you know, we used to sort of, not us, but rival fans were saying that's what he tries to defend with. Well, that aura seems to be coming back. 
you know, and um, he's building because of that aggression he's got back into his game. I think he was exceptional today. The press was good because it was forcing the long balls. But you take for granted how much these two centre-backs just clear up all them long balls. Not only just head it back down the pitch, but we'll take it down and play it to the full-backs and get the team up back up the pitch again and back on the attack. It's not until these guys stop stop playing or you watch other teams that you'll start to recognise that actually that's probably taken for granted, that ability to clean up every single long ball that's put into the air. Because, um, well, when we see it with when Gomez plays or somebody like that, it's not the same. And you wonder why why can't we get a foothold in the game or why can't we push up the pitch? Why aren't we getting the offsides? It's because you have to do the first bit right, and that is winning the ball back and then controlling the game. They do it exceptionally well. And then the next point I was going to make, just before we finish up, is we kind of joked earlier, Evan said he wanted eight. There could have been more goals, you know. If Andy Robbo knew, no offence, Conroy, if he knew how to shoot, no he could have had one today. Hold, hold on, hold on. I agree. <laughs> you're talking about Kinati. Kinati is oh, yeah. four, right? That is a tapping for a centre-back. Do not get me started on centre-backs. Well, the header. Well, header. The header. Yeah, got to score that. You get paid to head a ball. How can you miss that? That is ridiculous. So we can go both ways there. Andy Robertson has <laughs> never been good at finishing. He heads the ball 24-7, Kanati. That should be better. That's all I'm saying. That's I watched I'm the saying. replay and he actually hits it with the instep of his foot and the technique was right. But he just cannot know. finish. You know what? He hit the ball with his right foot five times today. He actually done really well on that for being the most one-footed <laughs> left back ever. He actually done okay today with that. You know, if he scores that, just finish the game. If did you guys right footed, game over? It's did done. you guys see the clip? Did you guys see the clip where he smashes into someone or blocks a tackle and then Simicas gives him the old, you know, I love that. I mean, yeah. that's his that's his that's yeah. his fellow left back. But you can see the mm -hmm. team camaraderie despite our dip and despite our season of just on the Van Dyke thing that Cav said, um, I think it's because he's fit. I suggested to somebody that knows people within the club that he might have been carrying an injury for a period of weeks and was protecting it. And then he got, he aggravated it, went missing by rehabilitating and all that stuff. And, and the suggestion is that he was carrying a bit of an injury, but he's now completely fit. So probably feels more confident in his body and himself to challenge people now, doesn't he? That made perfect sense, yeah. Um, Evan, any pearls of wisdom before we wrap up? <laughs> Only that I'm laughing at your tweet about <laughs> Martinez is butchered. <laughs> Well, you know, how can you put up a ridiculous picture like that? The butcher has arrived at Anfield with a haircut like that because that's the only thing that's been butchered there, son. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I can share a screen, but uh, you know, oh, my tweet, I've had, I to, to, I've had to mute Twitter. My, my notifications, I mean, and I haven't looked. The night is young yet, people. People of Twitter, the night is young. As soon as I get off here, I am still going on all night. Uh, sorry if. No, just, that's, all, that's all I have to add. And, you know, the night may be young, but Mohamed Salah said in his post-match uh, uh, interview that he was going to go home, have a chamomile tea, and go to bed. And I think I might join him because I need a nap. Uh, I've, I've lost I've lost all my energy. I, I blew out my calf, knee sliding across my living room. I, yeah, it's just time. It's just time. Um, we're going to leave with this, with this super chat from Hassan who says, Alhamdulillah, that means just praise our Lord. Our boys came through. They came through on my birthday and made my whole weekend. Redfellas, I love the work you all boys do. All you boys are legends. You never walk alone. Thank you very much, Hassan. You're a legend as well. Um, and we appreciate the love and support. Um, and yeah, look, 
I don't know about you guys, but I'm I'm off now to have some Seven Up free, <laughs> sugar free Seven Up because that's um, good. Yeah, you got to be. You know, it was sweet. It was sweet victory, but I'm not too keen on the sugar. Don't know about you guys. Um, FSG out plan today was overshadowed by the score. If people want to, you know, fly banners and plans, no problem. That's up to them. Each, each to their own. I haven't got an opinion on it, Chairman Rock. If people want to fork out their own money to do whatever they want, it's freedom of choice. Do what you got to do. Uh, most certainly was overshadowed, unfortunately. I'm, as uh, Lucas would say, unlucky, um, because not many people will be talking about that. Only the the sensationalist tabloids will be picking that up. Just like the sensationalist sections of the fan base will, will, will are the ones that probably want to do something like that. So yeah, shit attracts shit. Um, but thank you very much for your participation today, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a wonderful show. I've really enjoyed it. I'm not gonna rest. No. Oh no, I'm not gonna rest. Uh, we're gonna have some more fun with Man United fans over the next couple of days on a couple of platforms that I'm going to appear on. But we only construct our own. And what this means is we are back from the almost death when it comes to trying to get that top four place. We now have light at the end of the tunnel. It is very close. Touching distance. We are within touching distance now. It is, I believe, in our own hands. It may not be mathematically right now, but I believe it's in our own hand because... Only we can stop ourselves, I believe. If we continue on the progress and the path that we're, we're, we seem to be on now. Uh, next league game is Bournemouth, right? Mm-hmm. Away. Mm-hmm. And we're not counting our chickens. My God. Especially after the season we've had. So, yeah. We go again. Um, this has been Redfellas, sponsored by your FUT card. Don't forget. Go check them out. Use code REDFELLAS for a 15% discount. Evan, Stee, Conroy, Kev, I'm sure we'll keep up in the in the group WhatsApp and um, catch up during the week at some point. Um, and it's over and out. Take care, people. Love you all. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.